welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. say, Lord, feel your presence. It's in your presence. And actually, he feels all matter of time and space. His presence is already here. What we want is a demonstration of his glory. We want to step into his glory. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the light. He is that way maker. Amen. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, our God is bigger than any situation. Any, any sickness we face, our God is bigger. Amen. He is a provider. He is a healer. Amen. There's nobody like our God. Amen. We serve a mighty God. So excited to be here on a Saturday night. Excited you guys are here for all our visitors. Welcome. Amen. And uh, give honor to Pastor. Give honor to Brother Tyler, Brother Dave. Amen. Uh, I would say they scrapped the barrel. Amen. God is good. Been thinking about it. This the I'm, I'm honored. It's a privilege to speak to men. Because men matter. Amen. Amen. I want you to know that men matter. Amen. You matter in your families. You matter in your homes. Amen. You matter on the job. Everywhere you go, you matter. Amen. Being that light, making a difference in people's lives. Amen. Men matter. We take a beating. Because we're the providers, the, the laborers, you know, all we do. But you matter. Amen. And the uh, Bible says that we was created in God's image. When we first think about that, we just think of appearance. But it's more than that. We are made in his attributes. Amen. There's characteristics. We sing the song to be like Jesus to be like Jesus. On earth I long to be more like him. Amen. From earth to glory, it's our goal. Lord, I just want to be more like you. Amen. And we start this process when we have that, that book of Acts experience. Amen. And we start that journey in the process of God shaping and molding us more into his image. More of his attributes. More of his, his characteristics. Now, in prepping for this and reading, fought real hard to not have a Father's Day message. <laughs> but I ended up coming up with about three different thoughts and this thought about being the light. Amen. Is the one that just, I couldn't, couldn't shake it. So I understand I'm all that stands between you and City Barbecue. Amen. But if you'll allow us for the next 30 minutes or so to let the Lord have his will and have his way. If you'll just open up your hearts and your minds and let's let the Lord speak to us. Let's feed on the word, amen, before we feed our physical body, amen. Lord, we love and we praise you, Lord, and we thank you for this night. We thank you for this word. I pray, Lord, that you touch each and every heart that's here, Lord. Stir something within us. Lord, we thank you for all that you do, Jesus. I pray, Lord, Jesus, that we'll just not be hearers of your word, but we'll be doers also, applying this word to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. 
I went a little bit backwards there. Our scripture this night, tonight, is comes from Proverbs 26. 20, 6 through 7. It says, Many a man proclaims his loyalty, his own loyalty and goodness, but who can find a faithful and trustworthy man? The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Amen. He walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. But Solomon's asking, proclaiming his own loyalty and goodness, but who can find a faithful and trustworthy man? Amen. In Trace City is a rural community of East Tennessee with a population of around 1,400 people. In 2010, the town made national news because of a strange turn of events in their city's election for mayor. There were two candidates. Carl Geary was running against the incumbent, Barbara Brock. Mr. Geary was well known in the community for his down-to-earth humor and simple common sense. He was known also for the fact that he wore overhauls every day. Amen. He had a reputation of being a very straightforward person and always telling the truth. Immediately upon announcing his candidacy, he received the support of much of the town. He was the clear front runner from the beginning for mayor when the unthinkable happened. Mr. Greary died from a sudden heart attack. It was a tragedy for all those that was involved, but in the event that never would have received national attention had it not been for the fact that in spite of his sudden death, amen, in spite of his sudden death, about a month after his funeral, he received more than three th times as the many votes as his rival, and he won by a landslide. Amen. The incumbent mayor was shocked. She asked the reporter the next morning, why would somebody vote for a dead man? Amen. The reporter then posed the question throughout the town. The local restaurant owner who referenced Mr. Greer's impeccable integrity and said, I knew he was dead when I voted. I know that sounds stupid, but if, it, if he were to run again next week, I'd vote for him again. Essentially, the town, everybody they asked, would have voted for Mr. Greary, regardless that he had passed on. They gave honor to his de decency, his honesty, his faithfulness, and his integrity. And again, given the opportunity, they would have done it again and again and again. Amen. What a powerful statement of the value of integrity in a world where so many attempt to climb the ladder of success by any means possible. Amen. Anything necessary. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. You try to, to make advances. You got people coming at you from all ends, pulling you down, stepping on you, stabbing your back. Anybody been there? Amen. This world is treacherous. Amen. But in a world, amen, where he could have easily just trounced on her or said anything, he held on to his integrity. Amen. Doing whatever it takes to get ahead, the world takes notice of a man whose life is characterized by his integrity. His life is like a light shining in a darkness, a beacon of hope for all to see. Solomon had the same kind of man in mind when he wrote our text. He started by pointing out that it was not too uncommon to find a man who thinks they possess that kind of character. Many men proclaim their loyalty and their goodness. 
Solomon says integrity is not something that is appreciated by the multitude. It is also something that is claimed by the multitude. Amen. Firstly, everyone would say, yes, I'm that kind of a man. I'm an honest person. I'm up front. My integrity is impeccable until we get into a situation, until it comes down between me and you. Amen. And then it goes, it's, it's all hands on deck, whatever I got to do to get ahead. Amen. I'm going to look out for me. Number one's all that matters. Amen. Virtually everyone would say, if we polled a million men and asked them if they were a man of integrity, the result would be overwhelmingly positive. Yes, I'm a man of integrity. Yes, that's the kind of man I am. But Solomon asked a hard question among the millions of self-proclaimed men of integrity who can find even one faithful and trustworthy man. Is there one among you that's honest and trustworthy? You see, the truth of our story is that life of integrity shines so brightly in the darkness precisely because it is much rarer than we want to believe. Amen? So rare, in fact, that the afterglow of that kind of life can, can propel a dead man to win an election. Amen? If nothing else, this illustrates the fact that our world needs more men whose values are non-negotiable. Men, you matter. You matter. Amen? Who refuse to sacrifice their character on the altar of convenience or to conform to popular opinion just to fit in. Men who say what they mean and mean what they say. Men whose characters reflect the light of truth, the light of honesty, light of righteousness and integrity. Men whose lives make the difference long after they are gone. Amen? Values are consistently changing in our world. Amen. I stand amazed at the way that the foundational morals of our culture have been so dramatically transformed in just the short span of time of my life. Amen. The ways of goodness and virtue are defined in our culture and are anything but constant and consistent. However, when it comes to integrity, it still means the same thing today that it meant when God defined it for Solomon. In 1 Kings 9, 1-6, it says, And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire which he wanted to do, the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time and as he appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually now if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart in an uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you and if you keep my statutes and my judgment then I will establish my throne of your kingdom over Israel forever as I promised David your father saying you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Men, this is how God defines integrity. A man of true integrity walks before the Lord and the lives and lives a life that is consistent with the word of God. Amen. It comes down to living the word of God. Amen. Nothing else matters than having this relationship with the Lord. Amen. Giving ourselves over to the word. Amen. It's non-negotiable. 
you can't dispute the word because the word is forever settled in heaven. Amen. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It does not change. Amen. Here's the funny thing about true integrity. It is respected everything and everywhere in the world in every culture of humanity. You find a person that has integrity, that is who is non-negotiable, who's not willing to compromise, that's a rare thing. And it is respected around the whole world. Amen. But the thing about it, it is not defined by the worldly standard. Amen. It is defined by the word of God. A man of integrity is a man of the word, a man whose life reflects the goodness of God because he's written this word in his heart. He's established his relationship with the Lord. He's had that Damascus Road experience. He's had that Book of Acts experience. He's come to a place of repentance, of baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins, and he's been filled with the Holy Ghost. Evidenced by speaking in other tongues. Amen. And he started this journey, continuing steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Not compromised to the things of this world because he's been called out from this world and into God's marvelous light. To be a light to, the, to those around him. To impact those around him by the word of God. By living the word of God. A man who lives his life in respect of the values found in scripture becomes a beacon of light. That shines in the darkness of our world because worldliness can't produce that kind of character. Amen? If this is a dark place we live in. Amen? The values, amen, have gone down the drain. Amen? We'll do whatever we got to do to get ahead. We call it fake news. Everything's fake, it seems, anymore. But God is calling people to true integrity. Men of true integrity. Someone is going to take the banner and hold it up high and says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. I'm not negotiating this. This, this is the way it is. He is our true anchor. He is our firm foundation. I'm holding on to the word of God. Amen. God is calling men to be men of integrity. A trustworthy life of honesty and faithfulness shines through the darkness of self-serving greed and self-important pride and fills our world. This is why a man of true integrity stands apart from many who claim to possess integrity. Amen? I know too many people in my life who have talked out both sides of their mouth. Amen? God wants us to be men who mean what they say and say what they mean. He wants us to be men of, of His Word. Amen. Towing that line. Being honest. Being trustworthy. Being a person of integrity. A person of righteousness. If I say I got your back, I got your back. Amen. When it's time to get in the trenches, I'm there with you. Amen. First time trouble comes, I'm not hightailing. Amen. I'm there with you to the end. You're sick, I'm going to be praying for you. Amen. You're down and out, I'm going to be there praying and encouraging you. Amen. Being a man of integrity, that's what God is to be that light. Be that light. Amen. Integrity is marked that we must aim for, for, for then we must realize that the standard never changes. Amen. The standard of the word, this word never changes. If we're living the word of God, it is forever settled. I'll say it again. This word don't change. Values may change. The definition of right and wrong may change. 
but the meaning of integrity always stays the same because it's based on the Word of God. Amen? It's based on the Word of God. You can't compromise your way into integrity. You cannot water down the reality of it. Truth is truth. Honesty is honesty. Faithfulness is faithfulness. And goodness is goodness. Amen. And a true godly character comes from living the Word of God. Amen. These are the things that define integrity. And they are established in the life of a man one decision at a time. Amen. We get up in the morning and we make up our mind. I have decided to follow Jesus. All that matters is seeing Christ and Him crucified. All that matters to me every day, getting up, denying myself, picking up my cross, and following Him. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. This isn't about me. This is about Him. And this is about being a light for others. Men matter. Men be the light. Integrity is not developed in peaceful conflict, in peaceful times. Conflict, it comes through conflict moments in our lives. But rather it is founded upon how we react to the crucible crisis. Amen. It's who you are that comes out in time of trouble. That's your true character. That's who you really are. Amen. When the rubber's meeting the road, when things are going wrong, where are you standing? Are you standing or are you crumbling? Are you giving in to the things of this world? Amen. It was at the height of terrible trial that the Lord remarked on Job's unshakable integrity. In Job 2 and 3, then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man? One who fears God and shuns evil. Let me ask you this question, man. How does the Lord see you? Does he see you as he's seen Job? Does he see you as an unshakable man? A man of character. A man that's going to be there in the hard times. Amen. That's going to be holding on to his word. Amen. And the scripture says, and I still he holds fast to his integrity. Does God see you that way? Although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause, God said, look at Job. Amen. Does God say that about us as individuals? Amen. What report do I have? How does the Lord see me? Am I living a life of integrity? Am I living a life according to the word of God? I can fool a lot of people. I think I heard it earlier. We could put on a mask. Amen. But every morning when we look into that mirror, amen, the truth is staring back at us. Amen. We've got to be a man of integrity. Amen. We've got to hold on to this word in the good times and the bad times. This word is going to carry us through everything we go through. Our relationship with him matters more than anything. He is that anchor. Amen. He is that chief cornerstone. Amen. Everything in his life had been shaken. In a matter of moments, reports were coming. You've lost your family. You've lost this. You've lost that. 
yet his integrity did not waver as guys he was stripped of everything that he loved and cherished when it would have been easy for to let down his integrity when others around him would have understood and perhaps even applauded a lapse of his moral character job held fast to his integrity amen i remember the last time i physically had a talk with brother chris shear he talked about integrity it's the last time, I, last time I believe we went to because of the times. This is what he said. He says, it takes a lifetime to establish integrity. But it only takes one moment to lose it. We can build this house on a firm foundation. Amen. In one moment of weakness, it come crumbling down. Amen. The moment we compromise with evil, the moment we weak at wrong, the moment we allow our values to become defined by convenience rather than the word of God, that is all it takes to rob us of our integrity. Amen. Now, integrity can be restored. Amen. Through repentance. Amen. As David said, my transgressions are always before me. Lord, against you and you only have I sinned. Create in me a clean heart, Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. It's about doing that about face. It's, it's, if there's times we're going to fall. There's times we're going to have, we're, we're going to give in to moments of weakness. Amen. But when we stand upon the word of God, we apply the word of God. We're angry and we sin not. Amen. We flee temptation. Amen. When it looks at us. Amen. And it's part of the process. Amen. It's building a life according to the word of God. Amen. That is all it takes to rob us. It's just that one little weakness. But Job, he makes all things, God makes all things new. Amen. God said to Satan, look at Job. Through it all, his light is still shining. You come at him with everything he's got, but he's still shining. He is not wavering in his belief. He's holding on to the word of God. Amen. Through it all, his integrity is intact. Through it all, he has not lost his testimony one bit. Integrity shines the brightest in the most adverse of circumstances. Your integrity matters the most on the worst day of your life. Amen. When the choices are hard, that is when it matters the most. Amen that you refuse to compromise your values. Amen. We see examples throughout Scripture. Naboth refused to give away his father's honor and inheritance when Ahab offered money for his vineyard. A lot of people, I've heard it said a lot of times, everybody has a price. Everybody's got a price. You know, but what does it gain a man to what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his own soul? Just for a few dollars. Just for this, for a momentary thing. Queen Shafti refused to come at the king's commandment to defile her purity for the pleasure of his guest. She flee the temptation. She refused to give herself over to immorality. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter that he might stand in solidarity 
with the slaves that were his own people. That is what integrity looks like. The brightness of the light continued to shine for centuries before its passing. We remember these people because they did the right thing when most people would have done the opposite. When compromise would have been much easier, these men held on to their values. And ladies, had the queen in there as well, but we point that out. But we are called to be men of integrity. Let your light shine. In the worst times, let that light shine. Though the recognition of accolades of men is not the reward of true integrity. The benefit of integrity hits much closer at home than that. Solomon said, the righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. Men, let me tell you this evening. The most important characteristic of integrity is that the rewards are inherited by future generations. Amen. You matter. Because you're impacting your family, your children, your wife, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles. You matter when you let your light shine to your co-workers. Amen. Because you're showing them that there's another way of living life. Amen. Than compromising with this world. Amen. Let the light, your light shine. You are passing on an inheritance to those around you. Amen. It is that its rewards are inherited by future generations. Many men of integrity have passed from this life without ever receiving their reward. Amen. On their, of their own righteousness, their own sacrifices. But their children and their grandchildren, their friends, those that have been the closest to them, Amen. Have lived blessed lives long after they have passed on because of the blessing that they left behind. This is the thing about integrity. It's not self-serving. We don't do this for ourselves. The true benefit of integrity is that it leaves an example for others, for our children and our children. And it goes on and on. Amen. Your co-workers benefit from your integrity. Amen. The light of integrity, the light of good godly character is the light of a life lived by the unshakable values of the word of God. In the light, it is a light that never, never fades. It never goes out. Amen. I've had the opportunity to go to a lot of funerals. They always give a little statement. Oh man, you know, he impacted my life this way. They done this. What are you going to be remembered for? Amen. 1986, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Our unit got called to do a funeral. I had the good value or the good luck of doing that funeral with them. They needed big guys. Amen. I ended up being a pallbearer. They took a piano case and made it into a, a coffin for this individual. I wasn't even supposed to go on this funeral. It was not my rotation, but they needed big guys. 
Amen. Took 12 of us. But we're sitting in the funeral home, waiting to take this individual into the casket. Well, actually, it was the back of a truck to go to the graveside. Apparently, during his military career, he had several wives, which produced several children. It's the first and only time I've ever seen at a funeral where nobody had anything good to say about somebody. It was terrible. They were, they were literally physically fighting over his material inheritance. And I look back at it and I say, what a shame. Because they're fighting over material things and this man should have invested in their internal things. What are we being remembered for? Amen? Are we being remembered because we, we held on to our integrity? We sowed seeds, amen, of eternity and eternal light? Or do we, are we seeing sows of our material goods? Amen. It was awful. Amen. We're standing there at the casket. Got the flag, getting ready to fold it. There was so much threats and everything. <laughs> when the first volley of the of the 21 gun salute, I kid you not, the flag went. Everybody jumped. Was it the volley? Or was it the family? But I keep thinking, I can't, I, can't lose, I can't get that thought out of my mind. This man left no inheritance of eternity, anything of value that mattered. Amen. But he left turmoil. Amen. Be that light, man. Be the light. See, the older I get, I think more about inheritance. What will I leave behind when I'm gone from this life? What do I have of value? Amen. Will my children, you know, what could they possess after me? There was a time when I didn't think of such things, when I would sell one thing in order to possess something other thing, without ever considering anything beyond the immediate moment. However, now I find myself thinking more and more about what I may leave behind as an inheritance. Gentlemen, the greatest inheritance you will ever leave your children is a testimony of a life lived according to the Word of God. Amen. That is all that matters. Amen. Showing them a path of righteousness that's going to lead to heaven. Amen. A life of values, a life of honesty, a life of, of, of trustworthiness. Instill those things. Be a man of character. Be a man of integrity. Amen. You matter. Be that light. See, the value of material possessions will eventually fade. What little you can accumulate in your bank account will, will eventually run out. Amen. And the property you leave behind will be subject to the ravages of time. Amen. But your integrity will outlast it all. Amen. And those that you love, those that you've impacted... Amen. We'll be blessed because of it. The blessing of integrity is the greatest inheritance that you could ever leave behind. Amen. I want to turn your attention to one final passage of Scripture. Proverbs 13 and 9. It says, The light of righteous 
righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. I want to draw your attention to that first phrase. The light of the righteous rejoices. Amen. It's an interesting phrase for biblical interpreters. Because on the face of it, it seems, amen, incomprehensible. It is normal for people to rejoice. But, but rejoicing is a characteristic that light simply doesn't possess. It's light. Light has some very meaningful characteristics. It shines in the darkness. It illuminates our past. It helps us see what could otherwise we could not see. But light doesn't possess emotion. It is, it is impossible for light to rejoice. Amen. And this is where it gets interesting. The verb that can also be used here is a sense convey the idea of causing joy. The whole phrase appears to be a poetic play on words. Just like the flame of a candle, it leaps and it dances. You know, even when you set, a, set out in front of a fire, it's dancing. It's flickering. It's moving. Amen. In an imitation of excitement and joy, its light excites joy in it all for all those who behold it. We get excited. Amen. Have you ever been lost in the dark? Anybody ever been lost in the dark? Amen. I remember my first field problem. White Sands, New Mexico. 45 days in the desert. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, the desert gets dark. Amen. And here I am, a little old buck private, along with another buck private. Amen. And we've got guard duty. I was with artillery at this time. We had a four-gun firing battery. All we had to do, and it spread out about 100 meters, all we had to do was walk down one side, cut across, go back the other, you know, do this for two hours. Amen. We couldn't see. We got smart because you can get down and look up and you can see little domes from the camp, from the tents. That's what we was doing. And all of a sudden, you get lost. So, man, we've been going a long time. We should have been cutting over. What we thought was camouflage nets were actually sand dunes. Amen. We're lost. In the dark. Here we go. You know, what are we going to do? You know, you kind of start panicking. You got coyotes. You got all this. The weapon you got, you might as well face it. It's got blanks. It ain't doing you no good. You ain't shooting nothing. Amen. Then all of a sudden, you know, the familiarity of the day just happened to see a little light in the distance. The relief that filled the heart because you realize, oh, I know where that is. Amen. So we go in there. Amen. They come and pick us up. But the light that we've seen, amen, put a joy in our heart. Amen, because we was familiar. We was able to go to the light. Amen. And to have such relief, it caused a joy. Amen. We were unsure which way we might, was the right way to go. Then we seen that glimmer of light way off in the distance. Immediately we knew where that light was, and more importantly, we knew where it was. Amen. And I knew we needed to go into a, 
And I knew where I needed to go in relationship, amen, to where the light was. When you are surrounded by pitch black darkness and you finally catch a glimpse of the light in the distance, I can tell you from experience, hope leaps in your heart as fear is banished from your mind and the smile dawns on your face. Perhaps this is what Solomon had in mind when he said that the light brings joy. Amen. But I know another one that is a light. Amen. He is the way, truth, and the life. Amen. And it's his glory that shines bright. Amen. Solomon said he is the light of the righteous life that causes others to rejoice. If you'll stand with me, we'll close. Gentlemen, my message tonight is simple. I've come to this pulpit to encourage it to be the kind of light, amen, for those around you. Live a life of integrity. Live a kind of life that causes others to rejoice. Amen. Be that hope. We know the Lord is our hope. Not just because it is the best life you could ever live and not just because your whole life will be blessed because of your integrity, but for a much greater purpose. The righteous man walks in his integrity, amen, and his children are blessed after him. That, my friends, is the goal we're striving for, being a light for your family, being a light for those around you, being a light, amen, for the generations to come, being a light that causes others to leap and dance for joy. Solomon said the light of the righteous lives on and on and on, causing one generation after another to rejoice in the blessing of it. But the lamp of the wicked is extinguished when the light of the life runs out. They are quickly forgotten. Man, I want to encourage you tonight to live your life in such a way that your light shines far beyond the end of your life. Amen. Live a life that will be a blessing to, for years and years to those around you, impacting others. The greatest gift the greatest life you can live is this life of Christ. Amen. And leading others to the cross. Amen. Impacting them. Leading them to the cross. He is that light. We pass from this darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. It's not about us. It's about him. And it's about impacting others. Amen. It's about living a life of integrity. Amen. Be the light that makes others rejoice in the goodness of God. Be that light. Amen. There's one thing about it. I made mention to it earlier. We know where we stand in our walk with God every day when we look in that mirror. I wonder tonight if we can take some time and come to this altar and examine ourselves. Are we a person? Ask the Lord to strengthen us to be a man. Amen. Of David, a man after his own heart. Amen. To seek Him first above all things. Amen. Letting Him shape and mold us more into His image. Can we find some time here for just a little bit before we go feast on some food to, to talk to the Lord, to ask the Lord to, to, to continue to create us in more of His image? Amen. Can we do that tonight? Can we find a place and cry out to Him? Amen. Thank you, Jesus.